Hello and welcome to Court Games, a Legend of the Five Rings podcast funded by the Legend of the Five Rings Discord Patreon. This podcast will focus on the role-playing game stories and lore for Legend of the Five Rings. I'm Korva. And I'm Kikita Kaori. And what are we up to this week? Well, I thought since we had Shannon Kelvar last week talking about how to make game systems that you can work with for your court game and kind of expand and gamify these non-combat, non-investigation parts of the game, I thought we would go through the rules and talk about the influence game, which is how we do it in our campaigns. So these rules are on the Winter Garden of the Kikita website, and we'll obviously have a link, but we wanted to share them and, and talk about them, maybe give you an idea of an option of how to gamify this yeah. for your RPG. Now, this is all obviously homebrew. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> um, <laughs> until we get some actual rules for something like this, you know, I think yeah, let's do some homebrew because I <laughs> now I've only I've only I've, I've I've read this, but it's been a while, and I don't currently have a game, so I, my memory is not too brilliant. So I'm going to be asking lots of questions. This, you, you're the expert on this one, so uh, <laughs> I'm going to be I'm going to be asking you uh, how it all works. So I guess we kind of start off with here. You know, it's influence, and it's for the court game. So what do you mean by what is a court in this system? What what does that mean? Well, a court can be anything that involves you working with and influencing and potentially being influenced by a group of people. So it's a court is a community. So this could be a daimyo's court or the imperial court, certainly. But it could also be an army camp where there's a general in charge and he has all his aides to camp and all these soldiers under his command. And, you know, there's politicking that goes on in that command structure. Uh, it could be a village. Uh, you have a, a bunch of villagers and someone's on top and there's people filling various roles for them. Or like a monastery full of monks with a, a head abbot. It could be a school. Uh, it could be a Yakuza gang with a boss Ooh. and his various consigliere and his enforcers and private assassins. And it could be anything that has a group of people that you want to ingratiate yourself or become part of and important within in order to achieve your goals. Mm, right. So it's it's actually quite flexible. It's not literally for just the winter court it can be a whole bunch of different things so it's something you could drop into all sorts of places right and the key thing is is that the people in the court there are you are not the only people in the court yeah and the way that we do it and this is helpful even if you don't follow the rest of this homebrew is you want to give everybody jobs or give people jobs in the court. And the way we structure it is we make each court like the empire itself. So there is the lord of the court. This might be the daimyo. This might be the emperor. This might be the mob boss or the general. You know, one person is the lord of the court and they're in charge. Then we kind of fill it out the way we do the court. So there is the center is what we call it. And this could be like the Emerald Champion. It could be the Caro for Daimyo's Court, second in command. It's the person that you would actually interact with the most because the big assumption underlying all these courts is you are not the most important thing in this court. You as the PCs. Right. Everybody else is more important than you. And you have to figure out how to navigate this structure, which is much more likely for PCs. We, we wave our badge around, but it's really, we're not the most important people there. So center is like in charge of the court itself. It could be the chancellor. Yeah, it depends on the structure of the court. Then there was a left hand, and the left hand is in charge of what we call waging peace 
in an army, this could be the person who is in charge of uh, logistics and supplies. Their goal isn't necessarily, you know, doing the finding themselves, but they are structuring it. It might be arranging marriages, just keeping the internal peace, doing structural repairs for a community. Okay. We have a bunch of examples of all of these roles on the site. The right hand, on the other hand, is in charge of waging war. They could be the leader of the captain of the guards. They could be the more military command out in the field person. They're always going to be advocating a martial solution. So left hand was going to be advocating a more peaceful solution. Mm. Or even if they don't necessarily advocate it, they're the ones in charge of it. So if there's going to be a fight, they're the ones going to be organizing it. So if you want to fight, you want them on board. Right, exactly. The next role that we have is a herald. And the herald is the person who goes out. So this might be a magistrate, a lord will commonly send to investigate problems in his domain or take messages. For the empire, this might be the Mia heralds. For a court, this could be a scout or messenger. You're, you're trying to, to send out messages through the herald. They go out from the court. Uh, every court has a spiritual advisor, pretty much. So it's somebody whose job in the court is to act as the voice of the spirits or give spiritual advice or otherwise just take that mystical side of the of the court. So if you want something done on with Shiginja, you want to talk to the spiritual advisor of the court. And it doesn't have to be a Shiginja. It doesn't even have to be a monk, but it's somebody who's going to be filling the role of a more spiritual person. Mm. And then every court has an underhand. That's somebody who's willing to do the sneaky stuff, whether it's infiltrating scouts or in a Yakuza gang. This might be the guy who does the worst of the worst, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> The one that people are somewhat afraid of. Yes. So <laughs> most courts of size do fill the positions. You can have somebody filling two different positions. Right. If you have a position completely missing, that should reflect in the balance of the court. If you have a court where nobody is doing anything sneaky, then that's going to be a little bit weird court for you. Mm. You should feel that loss and that action can't get done by that court. I, I, I'm also thinking that these positions might not necessarily be official positions. No, they don't have to be official. Yeah, because like in, I was thinking in your, your Yakuza gang, you're unlikely to have like an official spiritual advisor to the boss. But that is the, there is that fortune teller on the street of, of the potters that they casually go and chat to that person every so often. And so, in a real sense, they're the spiritual advisor of that Yakuza gang, mm -hmm. but no one would say that they're an official part of the gang at all. Absolutely. So, yeah, okay. So, that gives you a lot of flexibility. Yeah, or this monk now. Uh, like a village, these could be just individual villagers. Like the Herald, there's not somebody going out from the village, but, you know, the town gossip. Yeah. The town gossip knows what's up and is going to make sure that everybody in town knows what the Lord or what you have to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the right hand in this case might not be like the person in charge of the local constable. It's just the guy who's uh, always a bit aggressive and knows all the young people who want to go punch things. And honestly, the person in charge never wants there to be violence, but there's just this group. And they're not, they're not official. They're not meant to be there, but they're there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. That gives, yeah, you can, you can make that fit a lot of situations, yeah. Right. And that's kind of how it works. The idea is that the Lord is pretty unreachable in a community. That doesn't mean you can't go up and talk to the Lord if your status is enough, but they're not going to actually listen to you unless you have some influence. And we'll talk about influence. They could potentially order the people in their court to do stuff, but it's going to take work to get to meet them. So you're going to be, in general, interacting with these other people in the court. And then you could have other people beyond these that are competitors in the court who are also vying for the attention of these people. But these are the ones you're working with. And I'm thinking that, because it depends on, like you say, the relative status. 
if you're a bunch of magistrates wandering into a village, in theory, the boss, the headman of the village should listen to you immediately. But Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily, oh, no, no, you're beneath me. I'm not going to deal with you. It could be, I'm really, really sorry, but I'm totally busy. I've got all this stuff to do. Could you please talk to this guy and get stuff done? Because I've got all my jobs to do. Or you just don't find him because he's making himself not found. Mm. So what you want to do when you're setting up your court is you want to create a personality to fill each of these roles. And you can think about why that personality has that role. It gives you a little guidance, you know, to, to how their personality is if they're filling a certain role. And ideally, you would give some sort of link, especially if this is a court that's going to go on for a while, to the people in the party for the people in the position. So maybe the spiritual advisor shares a clan with one of the PCs. Or maybe the underhand was the ally of one of the PC's parents. There's links between your PCs and some of the members of the court that the PCs can engage with. This isn't necessary, but it does mean that you end up giving those PCs highlighted interactions with them. Yeah. And it, it makes for better gameplay if you have these links. Or you, let's say the right hand really hates the clan of one of your PCs. So you must never send that PC to go talk to the right hand, but you must find some way to persuade him otherwise. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So you can you start looking looking at the backgrounds and the disadvantages and advantages of your player characters and start saying, okay, what can I highlight from those? Mm-hmm. And so, okay, this person's got enmity with this clan. Okay, I'll, I'll chuck someone in there because that's going to highlight it. And this person has really good links, so I'm going to give that. Yeah, so you've got ways of making each court really bring out those things that the player characters put into the background and thus give them levers that the players can use because even their hatred can be used. Mm-hmm. If, if the right hand really hates um, our crane PC, then we'll just send our crane PC to go off and do something. And mm-hmm. the right hand was is going to go chasing after them and, and not pay much attention to what we're doing. <laughs> exactly. So each of these roles has things associated with that role, with their job, or which we call favors, things that they can offer. So if you want to gather up a militia to go deal with a problem, you're magistrates and there's a Mahosu guy, that's traditional, right? You have to get in good with that right hand or you're not going to be able to get militia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, big things come from the Lord, but you don't want to bother the Lord unless you really need it, unless it's so big that the person in that job can't do it by themselves. So if you want to get spiritual advice about a shrine out there, right, that's a favor that you would get from the spiritual advisor. So each of these people have favors. You want a letter carried out to a territory? Want a message carried out? Great. You got to get the herald on board. Yeah. Does that make sense? Each each people have uh, different things they can offer. So in that case, what is it that you use to get a favor? All right. In this case. It's called the influence game. So the thing that you are using to get favors is influence. And influence is not like honor or glory, it is currency. You use it instead of money, okay? That means I earn influence. I can I can buy things with influence. I can give influence to somebody else if I choose. Mm-hmm. I can wager and gamble with influence. Basically, all the things you can do with money, you use influence for instead. And just an example, how do I give you influence? Well, what I'm really doing, if I say I give five influence to Kovar, means that Mm. I'm going around just saying, wow, Kovar is such a great guy, and you should listen to him. And now I've taken my influence, the credit I've earned to my good name, Mm -hmm. and I've given it to you right? so that you can do something with it. You see, everybody said I was such a good guy. You know, look at what she said. Now I have more influence to do something I need to do. 
Okay. I just gave you influence, just like I could give you a koku. Mm. But what I'm really doing is kind of talking you up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's coming up with a, a way of representing those things, which otherwise are quite abstract. Yes. But making it into something you can write down on a character sheet, make mm-hmm. little tally marks about. Okay. And it is court-specific. So the fact that I have influence in the court of this crane daimyo here doesn't mean that influence automatically translates to be good in the court of this village or even the lion daimyo of the same rank. It doesn't translate. It's always specific to one court. Okay, so you have to spend it all at the end if you're never going to be back one way or another, or or you lose it. Would there be ways of transferring? Like if you're going from this crane court of a provincial governor and you know you're going to want to go deal with this village over here in that governor's territory, mm-hmm. can you kind of get some influence that you can transfer to that village are there ways in like a letter of introduction? Right. So so that's what you do. So your starting influence going into a court is going to be mm-hmm. generally uh, your your status rank plus your glory rank. Okay. okay. And then that gets modified by whether or not you're going into an allied or enemy court. Because, you know, your disadvantage is if you're a black sheep, you're going to end up with less starting influence at just going in because you're a black sheep. Yeah. Different things like that. So it's modified status and glory. But a big modifier is letters of introduction. So if I have a letter of introduction from a person who would have a lot of influence in this court due to their status, glory, stuff like that, that means that that gives me a a good boost Mm. into the court. And courts are kind of gated. So, you know, I can't just, as low-rank peon samurai, help myself into the Imperial Winter Court. No. Um, I don't count. (laughs) I don't have enough influence overall. I don't have enough status plus glory just to get in. But maybe if the Emerald Champion gave me a letter of introduction and said I was going to be there, that that could modify my status and glory enough to let me into that Witcher Court anyway. Yeah, I can I can also see that like physically not letting you in. Like you can't go to whatever palace the Winter Court is set at. You might just be turned away. Mm-hmm. But you, even if you're physically there, if you don't have enough influence, you might as well not be there because no one's going to listen to you. No one's going to give you any time at all. So even if you're physically in the building, it doesn't matter. Right. And you could find yourself having too much influence for certain kinds of courts. Like if you're got high status, high glory, and you turn up at a village, no one's going to talk to you anyway right off because you you have too much influence to get it. You you need to be lower ranked than that or in disguise or or otherwise um, interacting with them in a different fashion uh, or have some reason to be there. Or, or, or do what uh, Daidoji Shin does and, and conveniently have a disreputable servant for precisely that circumstance like i could go and physically talk to these people and they'll say words back at me but nothing will actually happen no information will get transferred they'll just say what they think i want to hear but if my my servant who doesn't have any of that he can actually go and talk to them and and they'll be honest with that guy mm-hmm. or if you're you know if you show up and you're a magistrate and you're trying to join a yakuza gang that's that might not go well. That, that could cause problems. Yes. <laughs> so you have to hide your status and glory or start off with none and be a, be a low-life ronin, and then you might be able to get into that Yakuza gang. Yeah, which does actually make me think, because often we, we think about when we're trying to put together multi-clan groups and we say, oh, Emerald Magistrate. Mm-hmm. But if there's someone who wants to play a ronin, because we're all officials in law enforcement, why are we having this disreputable hobo wander around with us? <laughs> well, actually, if, you, if you're having to deal with different courts, you want your high-ranking person to deal with, like, the local city governor. You want a middle-ranking mm-hmm. person who can deal with most people. And you want the disreputable, unshaven 
scruffy Ronin <laughs> who can go into the gambling halls and talk to people there. Mm -hmm. So it's an actual use within the group. Mm -hmm. So when you want to earn influence, so, so this is a currency. You need to now get more of it because you want to spend it on all those favors and things you want. The way you would do this is generally engaging in competitions or events of the court. So each court is going to have a bunch of competitions or events that give you the opportunity to earn influence. And we'll talk a little bit about how you structure court time and, or doing deeds that would impress that court. So if you are uh, entering a lion court and you have arranged uh, to duel off with uh, their enemies, uh, uh, the crane. And you you could do a go out and do a duel with a crane and win, and then that would impress the court, even though that crane wasn't a member of the court. You've done a deed, and this could also be like go deal with a threat. So one thing we didn't talk about with courts is they they're not necessarily all in one place or all in one building. Yes, yeah. I mean, I, mean, I was thinking about that, like when I was talking about. The spiritual advisor for the Axe Gang, that guy might not literally hang out with them. It's a person you would go to on the streets where all the potters are, and he's got a little shack, and you talk to the person there. Even though he's like the spiritual advisor to the group, he's not in the same building. Right. Yeah, yeah, okay. So you can lose influence too. Uh, if you fail badly in a competition, where are you expected to win? So in general, um, you... Just for participating, you would get an influence for most events. Um, but if you fail badly and it was something you're supposed to be good at, then that doesn't look that doesn't look good on you. So you could you could lose influence from that. Or if you behave in a way that's not expected by the court, uh, you could lose influence. Um, or if someone spreads bad gossip or falsehoods about you, that could cause you to lose influence too. Yeah, so that would be a way of distinguishing being in a lion court and being in a crane court because what you are meant to do and what impresses people is going to be very different, isn't it? Yeah, it could potentially be quite different. Yeah, even if it's like they're both, I don't know, it's city governors, so you're going between or you've dealt with one and the other. They're both city governors. They're both the same rank. Cities are actually quite similar, except this is a lion court. So your design role for your incredibly fashionable kimono and your beautiful poetry written on exactly the right paper in beautiful calligraphy isn't going to impress the lion court as much as it did the crane court. Mm -hmm. mm, okay. So we talked about favors, things that the different roles can provide. Or if you want to meet privately with someone long enough to talk about personal things, right? Mm -hmm. um, which we call a rendezvous as a private meeting right? of some sort. It takes some of their time or some of their power. You now consume some of their time. Therefore... It costs influence. So you you have to pay influence out in order to get a rendezvous with this person or, or that person. Okay. Um, and you can potentially get discounts on the influence costs of things like meetings based on these alliances or links to somebody. So maybe for you because you are in the same clan and a great ally of the left hand, the person yeah. in the role of the left hand, maybe for you, just for you, you can set up a meeting with the left hand, a rendezvous for the left hand for free or really low cost of influence. Okay. But it wouldn't be that way for other people. So you that's you drawing on your bonds or your advantages or your clan links to get that meeting. And then maybe you can persuade that person in your meeting. You can talk to that person and they say, well, I, I can't help you, but maybe you can do this for me to get more influence with this other guy, or I need this favor from you. And, and if I get this thing from you, 
then I will go to this other guy you actually want a favor from and I will ask him. Do you see? So now you're starting to use your alliances and where you can spend influence to uh, begin building the dynamics of this this court. So is there a way of swapping favors for favors? Yes, it's all tradable and abstractable in terms of influence because influence itself is tradable. Okay. You don't have to do all of the um, interactions to get everything. Uh, you can abstract it down to influence if you want. You know, I'm, I will give you this influence. You go spend this influence over there with this person. Yeah. But, but in the role playing, it could be if you could if you could deal with those bandits in this forest that I can't seem to lock down, then okay. I'll put in a good word with the quartermaster mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. So it's it's kind of that's exactly how it works. Yeah. So you abstract that out. It's like well, you deal with the bandits. Now you get influence that you can then be spent. Yeah. 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 Okay. Right. So so it, the fact that it's currency makes the difference there. That it's. It's, it's just uh, in role-playing terms, exactly what you're doing is, oh, I have this problem. Go deal with these bandits. You go deal with the bandits. You come back. It's like, thank you so much. I will definitely tell the quartermaster that you've done this great thing for me. Now you have the influence. You've been awarded the influence by the person you need. And then you can take that influence to the quartermaster and say, I want uh, a horse. And uh, and the quartermaster can say, oh, well, I wouldn't, but since so-and-so put in a good word for you, mm. <laughs> sure, here, there's the horse. So so that's how it all gets that way. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That sounds really cool. So obviously you need to get an idea of who's where and who's doing what. So at this point we've decided who's in the court and, and what they're doing. And we know how much influence everyone starts with and how to get more. But how do you run a court session or adventure, I think, is kind of how I'm seeing it. Because like, we, we know how to run a combat session, don't we? So how, right. how might you do that in a court session? Well, court is made up by a number of, uh, for our courts, we usually run them three to five of events. And events are pre-scheduled activities made by the GM. Sometimes they are secret events that the players don't know about, but in general, these are public. Between each court event is a sequence, okay? That's kind of like the downtime action, if you want, between scenes. An event would be a scene in general. In a regular court, this might be a kabuki night and a swordsmanship competition and a present your gifts to the Lord as three different events. Plus maybe a secret event, sudden bandit attack. You think you're going to present your your gift to the Lord, but no, suddenly there there are bandits attacking you. You have to deal with that. And the GM knows that that's going to happen, but you didn't know it for some reason. Now, these events, they are pre-scheduled, but they aren't necessarily like only a short time apart. You could have these events be six months apart, maybe a year apart. Maybe the only events are every year your court assembles at the winter festival. Yeah. Whatever. Spring games, the Highland games. That's that's the only sequence every year is the Highland games. Um, that's a different kind of court. That might be a long-term kind of uh, magistrates across unicorn lands or something. There's no set length for how much time there is between events. However, between each event is a sequence. And during a sequence, you can only take one public court-related action. And if you wish, one private court-related action. So a public action is one where it's fine if people find out what you did and it's all honorable and above the table and visible to the world. It could be you know, okay. socializing. It could be having a rendezvous. It could be preparing for an event. It could be anything. It's related to the court, but it's public. Okay? Yeah. A private action 
is one that must be hidden. It's likely going to cause a loss of honor or glory or influence if it's discovered or all three. Publicly during the day visible to the world, you are socializing. And if you wish, at night, you're sneaking into that bedroom window to have a liaison with somebody. Right, right, right. So you can be all public and do one action around a sequence. Mm -hmm. Or you can be public and private and do two. Okay. Okay? Yeah. And and I get the feeling that they, like a, a public action doesn't necessarily need to be visible. Like you could meet someone in private. It's just that if anyone found out, you wouldn't mind. As opposed to a private action has to be hidden. You have to know. No one can know about it, which is different from we happen to not have everyone around us when we met. Right. In general, a public action would be visible in someone if they cared to look. Right. So is this a public and private action Per character? Yes, per, per character. Each player can figure out what their public action is. Each player, if they wish, can figure out what their private action is. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sequence actions don't earn influence by themselves, but they can alter the influence earned by events or going and doing it something. So maybe it will uh, increase the influence gained by winning a competition, or uh, maybe it will give you a a recommendation for something else that would happen uh, that would earn you influence. But in general, they don't earn influence by themselves. So just to make sure, see if I get this, in the example we had, which is, could you go deal with those bandits for me, and then I'll give you a good word for the the quartermaster. The, Mm -hmm. The sequence is making that rendezvous, which could be private, could be public, depending. Mm-hmm. And you're not actually gaining the influence. You, This is where you find out what you need to do to get influence, mm-hmm. which is go deal with the bandits. Go dealing with the bandits could mm-hmm. be, that, that That would be the event, I that think. That could be an event, if yeah. If I'm getting this right. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what gives you gives you the, the influence, which you can then go back in... That it may not even need to be a whole action. I don't know. That could be another public action where you say, we did the thing. And then the person who needed that done says, right, I'm now going to convert the influence you get, you just got into quartermaster influence that you can now use. Yes. And you can choose whether you want to make that an extra sequence action to convert it, or you can just say you got the influence. You can do something else with your secret sequence action so the actual gaining of the influence is the event but Mm -hmm. the sequence actions can be finding out what you need to do cashing in influence changing how much you know you so so you know you're going to go out and deal with the bandits so you maybe want to see how many people you can get influence from for that one thing how many people are going to benefit Mm -hmm. and make sure they all know you did it (laughs) okay so in general when we run courts using the influence game and as i said i'm using court in this very broad definition the pattern goes the characters all assemble let's say in the morning tea house in the baths Mm. those are our favorite too but you know in in their rooms to discuss how they are going to plan for the next sequence all right Mm. so they have an idea that an event is coming up. Maybe it's an archery competition. They know from the schedule or everything like else that planned is an archery competition. Mm. So they get together and they decide, okay, how are we going to, uh, what are we going to use our current sequence for? Yeah. Basically, that's what they're saying out of character. In character, they're like, okay, (laughs) what are we going to do in court this week? What are we, how are we going to work together in court to do our things? You know, so give the players uh, a moment, a scene to plan for the next sequence Mm -hmm. in the baths or wherever. Then each player does their sequence action or public and private actions. Um, you know, what, whatever it is that they do, each of these sequence actions has a role associated with it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So let's say it's prepare for an event. They want to, let's, let's say the sequence action that this one character wants to do is they want to prepare for the archery competition because they think they're a really good archer. And, and if they prepare, they'll do even better. All right. So I'm going to spend my sequence, my public action, this sequence preparing for the archery competition. Okay. Uh, and then the GM says, well, okay, how are you going to prepare? And he's like, I'm going to meditate upon the power of archery and, yeah. um, practice and then the GM will say, okay, give me a, a void meditation check, for example. And if you succeed at this void meditation check, then you will gain a bonus in the archery competition to come because you have prepared for it this sequence. Does that make sense? Yeah, and, and someone else could could have an action which is I'm going to I'm going to really big up um the guy who's going to be doing the archery. So everyone's going to be super impressed when they do really well. Right. And now if they do win, then they get more influence because they've pumped up the, the archery competition. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Okay. So that's kind of how it works. So so then each player takes their sequence actions, whatever it is, makes their roles, see if they succeed or fail. Yeah. If they have chosen to buy a rendezvous mm-hmm. you know, with their influence, they can have that private meeting that to do the thing that they wanted to do. And then at the end of the sequence, the event is held, whatever the event was, the archery competition in this case. If the GM wants to, the GM could say, ah, the archery competition is about to start, but suddenly this other thing happens that you didn't expect, right? Uh, bandit, bandit raid. And if that happens, then all the things they did to prepare maybe don't apply to this scene, but they didn't go to waste. You'll have the archery competition. It's just been delayed by the bandit raid. Or the archers compete to see how many uh, bandits they can shoot. <laughs> for for example, that could, that could work that way. But uh, d- does that make sense? So it's not like it goes to waste, um, but the GM can uh, shift, shift things under the cover just to keep things surprised, yeah. surprising to the players. Um, but in general, it would be something that they would know and expect. You, you wouldn't want to always change it on, on them. So, and then the event is held, and then they get however much influence they want, for, you know, they earn in the event. And then you can go back and um, spend it on getting stuff. So, okay. So what kind of actions can you do in your sequel? What sort of things can you do? What's available? All right. Well, we talked about some of these. One you can do is arrange. Uh, you can, arranging is setting up a rendezvous. So it isn't the rendezvous itself that's necessarily the um, sequence action. It, um, arranging the rendezvous lowers the cost. Okay. If you succeed at it, does that make sense? So it you know it doesn't take as much influence to to do it, and it means you've done all of the. I am going to write these lovely letters of introduction and, you know, invite them to tea and, and make it look gorgeous. That's that's an arrange. Yeah. Also, sneaking into their bedroom window. That's a that's a sneaky arrange. You know, it it can be yeah, and you can arrange for all kinds of purposes. That would be a private action. You can arrange for all kinds of purposes too. Let's say I want to arrange to, you know, flirt with somebody. That's that's legit. Oh, let's say I want to arrange to assassinate somebody. That's legit too. <laughs> that would take a rendezvous to meet with them privately. Some may disagree with how legit that one is, like especially the person in question. <laughs> but yes, no, as 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 a as a yeah, absolutely. As 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 an action, that's a, it's a legitimate action. Right. So a range would be creating a moment when you will have a private one-on-one time with this character we talked about preparing that preparing for event if you succeed at your role you get a bonus in the event to come okay pretty straightforward but it means you're better off than everybody else stymie sometimes you want to stop another person from taking their sequence action Um, maybe you want to make sure that they don't block the rendezvous that your party member wants. So your party member wants to have a private one-on-one with somebody, but you know somebody else is out there trying to stop 
anyone from meeting with this person. So you are going to stop them from stopping you. <laughs> you're you're going to stymie their stymie. You're going to stymie their stymie. <laughs> this is a Yojimbo job. Okay. So, so you think since you need a rendezvous to do an assassination, right? A one-on-one meeting. Your job as a Yojimbo is to stymie anyone from meeting one-on-one in such a fashion with your charge. Does that make sense? So, so like for our archery contest example, you, you know that one of your party is going to be preparing to, to do really well. So maybe the scruffy Ronin, the underhand of, of your group, says, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it my mission to just harass and annoy their main competition so they don't get to do their proper preparations. So I'm going to stymie their prepare action. Uh-huh. Okay. Potentially, yes. I can see that. Um, the if, in general, it wouldn't be, if, if the target doesn't do the action you're trying to stymie, so if they don't prepare anyway, mm. right? Yeah. And your scruffy Ronin is left like, well, they didn't prepare. I, I don't have anything to stymie. Yes. You, your PC can then t- choose at the end of the sequence. It's like, okay, you were going to stymie. But the thing that you were going to stymie didn't happen. Nobody came to assassinate your... Success! <laughs> so, uh, but they didn't even try. Yeah. Then the PC can go ahead and take a, a second court action, second public court action, but it's got a higher TN. Yeah, because it's last minute thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So you just play with that. But so stymie happens before you know what the target is going to do. Yeah, yeah, you, you declare that, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to stop them from doing it. If they never try, then, you know, I can do something else. It's just going to be harder. Uh, one thing they can do, and we kind of talked about this, is is wager. And this is where you go out in public and say, this dude is going to win. <laughs> you're basically, at that point, betting your influence. You're saying, Based on your good name, on your reputation, I'm going to put this much of my influence on the line for this by saying this person is going to win. If they win, I'm going to get the influence I staked back plus that much influence again. Nice. Okay. If you have a really good archer and you're feeling really confident that they will win and they're preparing and everything, you can stake a bunch of influence on that. And you will get it all back and twice as much mm. if you if they do win the competition. So this is where competitions become really good, increasing your influence. But it's risky. You know? I mean, there's a chance that the archer could lose, mm. even though you pumped him up. And now you look like an idiot and you lose the influence you wagered. I'm also actually thinking that this could be a, a sneaky way of doing someone a favor like like you essentially want to transfer influence to them mm-hmm. in a way that that is public but you, it's not public that you are deliberately giving them influence so you big up your guy but knowing they're going to lose mm-hmm. and that means that the other person wins and so that their patron now looks really good and looks gets to be really smug but what that means is you've given them influence if you see what i mean that that's kind of the kind that's kind of the net effect, yeah. Right. Okay. And and it's easier to deal with when you're thinking of this like like currency like Koku, and you can just say you do it, as opposed to coming up with a big complicated plot for how to how to do this thing. It's just like you, you do it. <laughs> and it's not like you can't also come up with a big complicated plot, but that's more that's the fiction. That's the decoration. What's important really is is what's happening in behind the scenes because then now you know what you now can do because you now know what your influence is as opposed to just kind of having to guess right another thing you can do is recovery if you have been hurt sometimes you just need to take your time kneeling in in the last event things happen and you get out of it for a while Uh, another one is assess and assess is where you take your sequence action and you're going to spend it learning about the court or learning about another target's goals or learning what their actions are or what they're trying to do. It could be you standing around watching them. It could be you talking to other courtiers about them. It could be 
how you assess could depend on, you know, like that's why these aren't ring bound because it could be, there's a lot of ways you could figure out how to assess yes. somebody. Yes, yeah. You could go commune with the commie and ask the commie what they think of them. Yeah, you, you just, it could be, it could be anything. It depends on who you are, but what you are doing is assessing and getting information on another target if you are successful with your role. The inverse of that is deceive. You could intentionally prevent others from learning something about you or otherwise spread false information about yourself or your goals. So that would be deceive. And that's like, okay, I don't want them to know what I'm here for. So therefore, I am going to spend my sequence. I'm going to have one party member in my group spend their sequence preventing anybody from learning what we're here for. Their job is to deceive. Yeah, I find myself wondering, there's, there's an idea that kind of pops into my head about deception, right? Because um, like I said, this is all about, this is all about uh, the influence currency. And I do find myself wondering if you can't deliberately spread false information, right? So you pretend that your party has some kind of secret and the evil advisor thinks they've got blackmail on you, yeah? Mm -hmm. it, it's almost like giving someone a counterfeit cuckoo that they, so they think, aha, now I've got this extra money. But you can, at the right moment, reveal that it's fake. And so that thing they're trying to spend it on is completely broken and they can't get it and they look like an idiot in front of everybody. Potentially, that sounds like a cool way to do it. <laughs> you have two points of influence, but you don't tell them that they've got two points of tainted, fake, counterfeit influence, mm -hmm. which will blow up in their face if they try and use it. Right. And that deception does not require being dishonorable. It doesn't have to be a secret action. It just means, you know, you're, you're working in a way that moves attention away or otherwise prevents learning. Or you're just keeping stum. You just, you just, you're just not talking about what you're doing. Yeah. Right. I'm going to stand here and look suspicious and let you think things. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be inscrutable so no one can scrut me. <laughs> so how you, whether you do it as a secret action or a private action or a public action is what involves whether it's on or loss by itself. It doesn't matter. It, 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 it's how you choose to do it. The action itself doesn't mean it's, it's dishonorable. Lobby. Lobby is a good one. Lobby means you're going to pump up a future event. Okay. All right. Or you're going to pump down a future event. So if a future event is coming up, that is an origami competition. We'll just keep it simple. An origami display. And no one in your party is any good at origami. Okay. All right. You might want to say, ah, origami is a stupid thing. No one cares about origami. Isn't this silly? And downplay, decrease the amount of influence that will go to the victor of the origami competition. Mm. This is a little bit like wager, only instead of you pumping up a particular individual, it's the whole event. Right. You're not saying you're going to win the event. You're just downplaying the event. So you, instead, you can lobby and say, wow, archery is the most fundamental virtue of the samurai. Yeah. I'm now lobbying for that archery competition to increase the prize if my guy wins. But it also increases the prize if the other guy wins. So it's a little bit of a gamble. Or you can downplay it and say, well, you know, this this competition is silly. You know, why why do we even bother with this? And then that will decrease the influence that would be normally won by the winner of the competition. And it doesn't have to be just like a competition. It could be... Uh, let's say it's a kabuki play, and as a GM, you're planning on having everybody show great etiquette in their watching of this enormously long and enormously boring no play. Let's put it that way. Not that, yeah, no plays can sometimes be long and rather boring. <laughs> so now you're saying if you pump it up and lobby the no play that's coming up, then you might say, wow, no play's really fascinating and, and enthusiastic and everybody should watch it with Absolutely, utmost attention. Yeah. All right. And that means that when the no play happens, if uh, you get through it without yawning and with great courtesy, you would get more influence than if you yawned <laughs> during the no play and then but if you went through ahead of time and said oh no plays are really boring 
who cares about no plays anyway? And then you yawned, it wouldn't be such a big deal. (laughs) So lobby basically modifies the influence of a future event. Okay. So we talked about preparing for event, which I should have called ready, that will give you bonuses in the future, like meditation, right? That's, That's ready. If you are have an event that requires actual work to be done ahead of time, like an art competition. Gotcha. And you have to actually create the art before the art competition. Yeah. That's creating a, a thing that takes an extended period of time. So you've got ready, which is getting yourself pumped up for that future event, giving yourself bonuses in the future event when it happens. Preparing is creating the thing that will go into a future event if it needs, if it's that kind of thing. The event itself could be displaying it. So let's say you prepare your artwork during your prepare action. And then during the event itself, you're going to also have to talk about your artwork and display it well. And so those two roles combined will give you your your influence total. So those are a bunch of things you can do with your your sequence actions that then modify the events. And as we said, you can also, at the beginning, you arrange the rendezvous and then you have the rendezvous, which kind of is out of the time. That would just be a standard narrative encounter, unless you suddenly make it into a skirmish <laughs> or a duel or whatever. <laughs> right. It, it's, a, it's a standard scene, but it doesn't. it's not a influence-gaining scene and it's not a, a sequence action that prepares for it. I hope that made sense. <laughs> And so you could sprinkle standard scenes all throughout this, depending on what you want to do. Absolutely, absolutely. They just don't impact the influence, necessarily. So how does all this interact with honour and glory? I, I know that you said that your starting influence with the court is based off status and your glory. How does that interact with your honour and your glory? So you can lose influence based on breaches of honor or losses of glory, okay? So whether you lose influence based on an honor breach depends not on your own personal honor, okay? It depends on the honor of the Lord of the court. Okay. So if I do a breach of courtesy Mm -hmm. in a Phoenix high court... That'll be a problem. I am going to lose a lot more influence because the Lord of the Phoenix High Court cares about courtesy a lot, mm. right? And he would lose a lot of honor if he did the same thing. So you lose influence related to not your honor rank, but your the Lord of the Court's honor rank. So if you're in a court and it's being run by uh, Doji Satsume and he's like the the absolute bastion of all things honorable, right? And you do a minor breach of courtesy, you are going to lose influence equal to the amount of honor he would lose if he did that thing. Yes. So so would that also mean that because crab have the disfavored tenant of courtesy, the influence losses would be less in a crab court, even if you're crane. The influ- your your personal honor would still take the hit because you personally did the breach of courtesy, but the influence loss would be less. It would be what the crab lord of that particular court would lose if he had done that thing. Okay. So it, it wouldn't be very much at all if you did a courtesy loss in a, in a crab court. And, and if you're in a court where the head of it has courtesy as their favored tenant that the influence loss would be worse, even if you're a crab and your honor loss is less. Exactly. You don't care, but the Lord does. And so that's another way that being in a lion court is different from being in a crane court, which is going to be different from being in a crab court. Because what what will hit your influence will be different. Okay. Right. Now, glory losses are yours, though. So... If you have a lot of glory and you, especially if you have um, like a fame advantage or something like that, and then you fail in that area, 
that's going to be extra harmful to your influence. So you're going to normally lose your glory rank in influence because, you know, you're you're famous, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you are famously kind and you do something unkind publicly, then you're going to lose more, much more uh, glory than than that. So it's kind of doubled. Does that make sense? People don't know about your private paragon of Bushido stuff, but they know if you're famously kind and know if you've breached that. So so that will double your your glory losing action if it's in that in that area and you have a virtue associated with that. Now, you can make up for these honor and glory losses if you do big public apologies. Okay. Or justifications, you could end up potentially getting that influence loss halved, but it's hard to do those justifications. I suggest TN4s to have the influence loss. I suggest not having to do it in the first place, but because it sounds <laughs> yeah, hard. That's good. So the numbers I use, if your influence goes below negative five, you can get thrown out of the court and just disgrace. If it goes below negative 15, which can happen because some of these numbers are high. Yeah, that sounds the bad. The lord of that court can demand that you be killed. Uh, like, potentially you can get out of it, but that's a big scene. If you get to negative 15, and like I said, that's a lot. You know, the lord can say, I demand that you commit seppuku. And then you have to really figure out how to get out of it. If you're in a Yakuza gang court, the, the boss can send a hit on you, or you could be fought and killed by, you know, the local magistrates because the village members have complained so much. You know, it depends on the court. Who, who will rid me of this turbulent player character? Right. Basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, um, so that's kind of how that, that works. All right, yeah. So these things do have consequences beyond just the influence of that court that you can you can actually end up, if you do really badly, uh, in some actual peril. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that, I think that's a, it, it's a really interesting system. I think that's something that can really add a lot to the social play of the game, which I think is a very big fundamental aspect of Legend of the Five Rings. Um, we may come back and revisit this because obviously this has been quite a long episode as it stands and maybe come up with some example courts for people to look at, but... But for now, we should probably get going. (laughs) I think that's going to be us, yeah. Now, I'll just... We mentioned this right at the beginning of the show, but if people are interested in more, where can they go look? You can go to craneclan.weebly.com. Uh, into the RPG section and you will find the influence game and we will have that in our show notes too. Uh, I encourage everyone to go check that out. Like we said, that's going to be in our show notes as well. But I think everyone should go check that out and see if that is a fit for your game. All right. Yeah, but that's it for us this week. Uh, we did want to give a call out to Fortune and Strife, our affiliated actual plague podcast, as well as our friends at D20 Radio. Our content is funded by the Community Discord Patreon, which supports our editing costs as well as our website hosting. And on our website, you can find long-term information, articles, summaries of the podcasts, RPG tools, and lots more. For our patrons, we've got special bonus content like Adventure Seeds, early access to our actual play podcasts, and more. Online, you can find us at our website at courtgamespod.com, at Twitter at twitter.com slash courtgamespod, and on Patreon at patreon.com slash courtgames. But that's it for us this week. This is Kikita Kaori. May the fortunes favor you. And I've been Korval, and until we meet again, keep your jade handy.